1: Let's play some football.
2: Run right to the
1: back of him. Run right to the middle and out the back.
0: What's known in football terms
3: as a slam dunk. Mentioned daytime fireworks. I'm your host Zach Barry. Joining me, as always, the Associated Press's Dave Brant. We were texting on Saturday. It uh, was briefly touch and go, and then uh Ole Miss quickly regained their footing, defeat Tulane 37-20. First impressions after uh, probably arguably one of the better wins in the SEC over the weekend.
1: Yeah, the SEC is not looking uh, quite as uh, overwhelming as usual. But, yeah, Ole Miss gets a nice win. I think, you know, they messed around for a little bit. I thought, you know, just generally speaking, it was a good, you know, second-week game, second-week opponent. You know, you you play a good team like Tulane and you mess around early. You get yourself in a hole and then you play better in the second half and you end up winning. So, um, I – Generally, You know, there's obviously things in the game to quibble about and, you know, stuff that happened that was good, stuff that happened that was bad, but just generally beating a ranked team on the road by 17. And again, it wasn't pretty all the way, but Mm -hmm. it worked out. I I think it's a good, it's a good game to grow with. It's a good game to, you know, as, as coaches love to say, it's nice to learn from a win instead of a loss.
3: Certainly, Tulane goes up 17 to 7. Um and then Olmis quickly like I said regain their footing, outscore them 30 to 3 to close out the game, 20 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, the run game again, David was non-existent to uh to uh, that, that that's being kind. Um but Olmis, 363 total yards on the road. Um, had the one turnover, I thought it was just a uh an unfortunate slip out of the break for Dayton Wade. It was a good ball, um, I think if he doesn't slip, it's either a catch or, you know, uh maybe the DB breaks on it and breaks it up. But I, I don't put that interception on Dart. Um, but yeah, pretty clean game offensively outside of the struggles with the run game. Um, the big concern though has to be the offensive line, right?
1: Yeah, I just, for, for whatever reason, either the offensive line or, you know, the, the run game, just the, the book is out on this Ole Miss team. I think it it's kind of left over from last year. I know they don't have Zach Evans anymore, but I, I think the idea is to slow down the, the run game, stop the run game, and then try to make Jackson Dart beat you. And so far, Jackson Dart's been very good, so that hasn't been a problem. But, I mean, that's, you know, that's what people are going to do all year at Ole Miss.
3: They really are, I think, that if and when the three big portal additions offensively are back um, with Caden Priestcorn, or I guess back or arrive, because Priestcorn and and Zachary Franklin have yet to play, um, and then Trey Harris leaves the game early after, I mean, just a insane first drive they had three plays over 20 yards they score quickly Trey Harris already has five touchdown receptions and you know not even two games because he came out um but yeah I mean it's time for some some wide receivers to step up because people are going to continue to load the box I expect Georgia Tech to just take what Tulane did put six seven eight guys in the box and and force you to to beat them through the air Dayton Wade Definitely showed up and then some on Saturday. Seven catches, 106 yards, um, earning that nickname Big Play Wade after that Odell Beckham Jr.-esque catch, um, which was pretty special. But, yeah, I mean, you got to have some dudes step up. Aiden Williams was in the game um, for a short amount of time. He ran a route and was blocking someone when they threw it to him. Um, Lane Kiffin quickly pulls him to the sideline. Uh, but but you got to have some dudes step up. Jalen Knox had a big drop. Um, you, you're going to need some some guys to step up in the absence of these portal guys. Um, I thought Michael Trigg big touchdown catch, obviously late in the game. He looked to be more locked in, um, and, and you know he only had the, the the one catch, but he was he was out there. He was blocking on the perimeter. He was engaged. Um, that's been kind of the big issue for him is you know, the effort's not always there, but, uh, until those dudes are back, I I expect at least priest corn and Franklin to be back for Alabama. I I doubt they rushed them back for this week. Um, and then Kiffin said that, uh, Trey Harris was game by game was the, was the quote that, uh, that I got. And he he does not expect it to be long-term, but that's what they're going to have to do, right? They're going to have to have some guys step up and, and take some pressure off of, uh, Quinshawn Judkins. Yeah,
1: and it's kind of a weird, you know, line of conversation to have with Ole Miss has had so many good receivers over the last several years. And they have good receivers right now, but they're just a little banged up at that spot. They're having, a, having to have other guys step up. And, you know, like I said, I, I think they're more than capable of doing that. Jackson Dart, I think, is is starting to grow into a, a very good quarterback. Quinshot Judkins, I just don't think he's going to get held down forever. So, I I think they'll get some production, you know, from from those areas. And then, you know, the receivers step up. But, yeah, that's just – that's what good teams do. They build depth at at parts. And the receiving room has usually been uh, kind of an embarrassment of riches for Ole Miss. But at least for the time being, it might be a little thin.
3: It uh, probably – wasn't as amplified or as big of a performance on the road as Matt Corral at Tennessee a couple of years ago. But Jackson Dart essentially willed all Miss to that one 17 for 27, two touchdowns, 267 yards through the air. And he had a couple big runs. He had that big one on third and 17, mm-hmm. ended up running for 41 yards. Um, but that was probably one of the more complete games that we've seen him play against a good defense. Um, you mentioned him getting more comfortable. I, I think that that's the big thing: is the the confidence. There is no, there's there's no hesitation with him anymore. He he's the the wheels aren't turning in his head. He's he's comfortable. He's going through progressions. He's being very decisive with his with his delivery of the football. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just think you know Jordan Watkins has got to continue to show up. He had five catches for sixty yards. Uh, they're they're going to need more guys to to help shoulder that load and again I agree with you I don't think Judkins is going to be held to 2.7 yards per carry all season long and it might come this weekend because Georgia Tech um, gave up 277 on the ground to Louisville Um, I would venture to guess that Quinshawn Judkins and Ulysses Bentley and Jam Griffin are better than what Louisville has but um, as we transition into looking ahead to Georgia Tech Uh, What are your impressions of the Yellow Jackets coming in 630 kick SEC network Um, much improved, I would say from a year ago. Um, But still you have to be heavily in favor of Ole Miss who right now is a 20 point favorite.
1: Yeah. 20 points is a lot, but uh, honestly, I understand it. So uh, I think before we get off the two lane game props to Caden Davis, we don't do kickers yeah. a lot here but that that was a big boy kick. <laughs> that, yeah that 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 the length of the kick that was an nfl kick right there because it was you know it was pressure packed it was long and he nailed it so he and, told and that was and just the way you know the part of the game to go up ten, and then you know yeah. he made that game look a lot more comfortable than it actually was
3: he apparently told Kiffin in pregame that he was good with the wind from at least 67.
1: I mean, that's bold, but you know, back it up. (laughs) Like, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I'm sure Lane Kiffin was like 67. Sure. Uh, But you know, you hit from 56, you might get to try from 60 next time. So, um, you know, you back it up, but yeah, if he starts kicking 67 yard field goals, that'll be, That'll be uh, quite the show. But anyway, I was just I was struck at how how good that kick was. So, I mean, it was. It wasn't he at Texas A&M or something like that before he came to Ole Miss. So he's a transfer, is he?
3: Yeah, transferring over from Texas A&M, he was mostly a kickoff specialist for the Aggies, I believe. He didn't kick a ton of field goals um, when he was there, but yeah, the confidence to just yeah, no problem. I can get you a fifty-six yarder with the game on the line, that was a a pressure-packed kick there because it could get blocked and run back. Um, You could miss it, give Tulane good field position. But, I mean, you know, obviously we know Kiffin uh, is not one to shy away from being confident with his kickers after what he did in the NFL with Sebastian Janikowski. But, um, but yeah, I mean, just a – I mean, that's – if that doesn't inject some confidence not only into your kicker but into your your entire program – that yeah we're not even gonna hesitate we're gonna send you out there boot that 56 yarder and let's go up two scores
1: yeah I mean it's just a weapon that not many college football programs have to be quite frank I mean you know I think most colleges if you've got a guy from inside 40 that you feel pretty confident with that's kind of baseline but uh yeah you've got a guy you can hit from 50 plus especially you know it just Again, it gives you options that that because mm-hmm. honestly, when they when they went out there for field goal, I was a little surprised because I I just didn't know much about Davis. I didn't know their kicking situation, but because um, like you said, there's so many things that can go wrong, and there was there was still a lot of time in that game, and so but yeah, never never any hesitation, and I, I totally see why.
3: Speaking of not hesitating, do not hesitate when getting your merch. For this weekend's game against Georgia Tech, and when you need to get that segway. merch, <laughs> thank you. When you need to get that merch, go see the folks at the College Corner on Sisk Avenue. That's eight two five Sisk Avenue, Suite one hundred five in Oxford. They've got game day polos, they got T shirts, they have got pretty much everything you could ask for uh, when you're looking for Ole Miss. You know, gifts, gear, tailgating supplies, hats kids stuff. They've got it all. Um, I'm a uh, big fan of uh, the polos. I love a, uh, a good Nike dry fit polo, um, but don't sleep on cutter and buck. Uh, I, do, uh, I do really like the fit of those polos. Very soft, very lightweight. Um, the weather was fantastic over the weekend, but um, we're probably still going to have a couple more weeks of uh, a little bit of humidity here and there. So you're going to want that lightweight material to uh, wick away that sweat when you're in the Grove, when you're in the stadium for that 630 kick because that sun will still be up a little bit. Um, but, yeah, go see the folks over at the College Corner, Scott and uh, the rest of the crew over there. They, uh, they're they doing a fantastic job outfitting everyone um, for games at Bought hemingway Stadium. All right, <clears throat> before we get into Georgia Tech, we are going to take – our first break, when we come back, we will look at the Yellow Jackets and week three for the Ole Miss Rebels. So hang tight. we we'll be right back. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? 953 and get your free quote today. And we are back here. Daytime fireworks looking ahead to week three. All right, David, we had briefly touched on it. The Jackets coming in at one and one almost two and O ranked 17th in the country. Haynes King is now the quarterback at Georgia tech. Jeff Sims has now departed for Nebraska and we'll get into uh, we'll get into the Huskers here in the third segment. But um, I-, I think offensively Georgia tech is going to be a lot better than they were a year ago. Haynes King has already thrown for, 600 yards, seven touchdowns, so much better under center for uh for Brent speaking Key. But...
1: Of, speaking of Texas A&M transfers. <laughs> you know, well, yeah. that's what the theme of the but yeah, good for him. He's he's played well. He's got 15 <clears throat> yeah, yeah. yards against Louisville a couple weeks ago, three touchdowns, those are good numbers.
3: Yeah, they uh they get a big win over South Carolina State last week, 48-13. Um, again though, I think the concern for, I, I would imagine key is probably going to talk about this, uh, throughout the week. They're going to be looking at stopping the run. Like I said, uh, in the first segment, they gave up, um, 200 and, uh, excuse me. I said, 277, uh, 227 to Louisville. Um, so not nearly as bad, but still 227 on the, on the grounds. Not great. They gave up 6.7 yards per carry in that one. Um, so I, I imagine Kiffin is, is, pretty frustrated with the run game and is wanting to get it going as we talked about all off season it, you know this offense is predicated by the run so i uh i look for quinshan judkins and that offensive line to uh really dive in to uh the film and try to get that corrected this week because you know they're going to have to run the football um in a couple weeks down in Tuscaloosa
1: yeah absolutely i mean like you said they just they have to get that going and uh I think Judd kids will do his job. They've just got to open up some lanes for him and you need to get it situated before you get into sec play. So this is the only chance to do it, but yeah, Georgia tech just looks a little different than they have a lot of years past just with, you know, the, the option and all, and all that stuff There, the offense is, is way better. And I just think, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't expect this to necessarily be a shootout, but um I'm looking at a high scoring game. I don't, what'd you say? It's a 20 point.
3: Yeah. The line is something like, um, at least that's what ESPN is saying. I haven't pulled up something like Vegas insider, 42,
1: 21.
3: Yeah. I was going to say, I could definitely see this one getting comfortable for Ole Miss in the third quarter. They get up a couple scores, maybe 17 points. And then, um, I could easily see Kiffin put it into uh cruise control and just take it easy. Um, and look, I outside of Mercer, which you know, Mercer's Mercer. They struggled last week. Um, the offense kind of was in a tailspin once Trey Harris went down. They didn't have that big play guy out wide to to throw to. Um, they kind of had to catch their catch their footing a little bit and figure out how they were going to attack that defense. I, I thought Tulane had an excellent plan for him. Willie Fritz and that staff—they were showing some some complex looks. They, they had some, uh, some diabolical stuff uh, prepared for Ole Miss. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to be something to watch. Cause I mean, Georgia tech is, is not great, obviously being, you know, getting 20 points on the road, but they're going to be, you know, I don't know if they'll be better than Tulane, but they'll probably be close to, you know, decent. Um, So uh, this is a big week for Ole Miss. It's a, I don't think it's a look ahead spot. I don't think we're in in jeopardy of of that. I think Kiffin will have them very focused and and you know this will be a very business like week of practice, not only trying to correct things from last week, but you know that on the horizon you've got Alabama. but yeah, i, I I'd like that. i mean i I could see like a like a forty five twenty four win, something like that where they probably put in the twos and threes late and try to get Spencer Sanders and Walker Howard some snaps.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I I like the way that Tulane game out could or played out because it put a little, I don't know. I don't want to say doubt or fear, but that game was tough. That game was, Mm -hmm. was difficult. And so it's not like you come out of that game feeling, you know, I mean, let's be honest, Tulane was using their backup quarterback and who, who has played before. It's not like he was, right helpless or anything out there but you know i mean you know too was facing some adversity and still came out and really put a scare in oldness and so i i think that that bodes well for the focus this week and the things they've got to get done which like you said establishing the run game is is something that i'm sure wayne kiffin wants to do
3: yeah i um i really think i thought on saturday that there was a Big opportunity for Ole Miss to put Spencer Sanders in in a very opportunistic spot for him and just the scheme and what I think is the reason he was brought in. Um, Dart has that big run on third down, takes a couple hits. Then they get down in the red zone and they try to run it. They run a couple QB powers. I thought that that right there was the perfect spot to bring Spencer Sanders in. He's fresh. He's a big physical runner. Um, you know, the the arm tool is not nearly as good as Jackson darts, but he can run the football. And Dart was tired. I mean, Dart was running all over the place. He was making plays. He had the long run, took a couple shots. I mean, if anything, bring Sanders in for second and third down um, and, and try to run QB power with him, not only to just give Dart a breather and to just, you know, keep him from taking so many big shots over and over, but I just thought that that's part of the reason why you, you brought Spencer Sanders in. I think that's a good spot for him to be a tool for the offense and to, um, you know, not only give your starter a break and, you know, uh, a breather from getting hit under the chin. But I thought that that was I thought for sure watching the game, I was like, all right, here's where we're going to see Spencer Sanders. And he stayed on the sideline.
1: Yeah, I didn't. at did time I didn't really think about that as much, but you're absolutely right. And you've got a guy like Sanders on the roster, like, you know, it just seems like an awfully nice luxury item to just be sitting there. So I I now in retrospect that you mention it, yeah, I I'm actually kind of surprised that they haven't found a little bit of more of a role for him through two games.
3: All right, so quick pick here on the uh, Georgia Tech game. I think we both agree this is going to be a comfortable win for Ole Miss. Um, I don't see any issue with either of our picks here. I feel pretty comfortable in Ole Miss running away with this one and uh, handling business. But around the rest of the SEC, are there any games that jump out to you? I mean this this slate's kind of yucky, right?
1: Yeah, let me. I'm. I'm... Looking through right now, getting the one on that trusty the one that I
3: the one that I think we can definitely talk about because there are a couple SEC on SEC matchups this week. One is is kind of tasty, and the other one is Bleh. uh yeah. The one if that, you would
1: ask me two weeks ago, I would have been sort of excited at least about South Carolina Georgia. But <laughs> I am much I am much less excited about that now. I think yeah that there's... that
3: game historically has shown signs of, of being a little schizophrenic, but I don't anticipate that this week.
1: Yeah, um, just I South Carolina hasn't shown me anything that they can really put a... Because Georgia looks like the machine that it is. You know, it just kind of deposits everybody, chews up and spits you out 51 to 6. <laughs> I mean, it's just right, like a, it, a, a machine that just keeps rolling down the hill.
3: At least in recent memory, Kirby Smart has been very... Uh, very conscious of this rivalry and how South Carolina snuck up on them a couple times recently, and they've been a little spunky and they've uh, they've upset the bulldogs here and there, but I don't anticipate that being the case this weekend. You talk about offensive line struggles with Ole Miss South Carolina has them too. Um, And I mean, they're down on playmakers as well. I I think juice Wells is still kind of banged up. Uh, Xavier Leggett might be, the next best thing in the conference at receiver next to Trey Harris he's been a monster for them but right yeah the game for me 11am espn davis wade stadium in starkville number 14 lsu travels to mississippi state i know it was, it was close to your heart over the weekend cuz the arizona wildcats damn near did it but uh, mississippi state was fortunate enough to get a dub in overtime how do you see this one going i i am heavily leaning lsu's way here they're, they're giving Mississippi state nine points on the road over under at 53 and a half. Um, uh, close to the number of leaning under, but I think LSU could just have the athletes. And I think Jane Daniels creates enough for them and that it might get to a point where it could get in blowout territory, but I, just, I don't know. I mean, that place will be loud. It'll be rocking. They're not going to be ringing responsibly, but I think Brian Kelly is going to be immensely prepared for this game, and this is a chance for them to make a statement on the road in the SEC and get a win. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I, a lot of times this game, like you said, with Georgia, South Carolina can get squirrely. Mississippi State has played well against LSU before in the past, but I, I just think LSU's better. And after watching that Arizona game last year. Week I just Mississippi State's got some talent I like Will Rogers but I just when you totally switch the offense and you know it's just so different I I just I can't see them being able to stay with LSU for four quarters like you said it's going to be loud I you know State will have some advantages there but I just I I think the the gap in talent is going to be enough that LSU's going to going to pull away I. I feel like it's going to be a, a somewhat comfortable win. I, I think something, you know, 14 points, 35, 21, something like that.
3: Yeah. I'll, I'm I'm really intrigued to see what this Mississippi state offense looks like against a defense full right. of dudes. Um, and yeah, and I mean, maybe just... I'll be
1: surprised, but I just like, I, I going into a game against a team like LSU and still, you know, trying to find yourself offensively and doing that's right. That's not a great place to be against LSU. And like I said, I, I, the jury's out. I, I think, you know, they did a nice job of, of pulling it out because Arizona is not a, not a bad team and they've no. got a playmaking quarterback. Who's a, who's got, we talked about it a little bit, but Jaden Delora thinks he's Brett Favre a little bit when he's really not, but <laughs> still he can make plays on the field and he, he's a dangerous playmaker. And I thought state, held him decently in check so i i think state has some things going for it i just again i i think lsu is a pretty good team and i think they're going to be ready for this and
3: yeah it, it's I've, just
1: a tall task at this point in the season for them
3: right and defense seems to be you know the calling card for this brand of football that zach arnett is bringing to mississippi state you know the the air raids not the sure. thing anymore and they're still giving up north of 300 yards so far. And Delora, you know, he made some mistakes, but he created enough. And I think Jane Daniels is, is a better creator. Yes. He's, um, he's a
1: better version of Jaden Delora. Kind of. Yeah.
3: yeah. I mean. He's, he's going to run around. He's going to create with his, with his legs. He's going to extend plays. He's going to throw off platform. You know, how, how will Mississippi state deal with that is the question. Cause that's when Daniels is the best in my opinion He's not your sit back in the pocket, you know, get to the top of his five or seven step drop and deliver, a, you know, deliver a ball. He's better when things break down and he can move around and, and extend plays. And and I just, maybe he won't even need to, I, I don't know how much speed Mississippi state has on defense. Like I, you know, jet Johnson's played a lot of football. He's not running down Jane Daniels though. Um, so maybe he won't need to create as much. Maybe they get the ground game going with Logan Diggs, and Utter name transfer. He had a big game last week, over 100 yards, touchdown. Um, but, yeah, I like LSU in this spot. I think that they're going to be able to handle things um, on the road. Uh, Brian Kelly is a good enough coach. They're going to be more than prepared. Um, we briefly touched on South Carolina, Georgia. We don't have to get into uh, – <clears throat> any more there i mean i think georgia wins comfortably right
1: yeah i I, there's there's nothing there's no evidence that it will be anything other than like a 28 point win for georgia i you know stranger things have happened but i i think this is georgia rolls
3: all right another one that's you know maybe a little juicy for folks number 11 tennessee travels to florida six o'clock espn uh, Tennessee man whew, struggled against yeah. the Govs. Austin, Austin P came into Nealon Stadium and, and took it to Tennessee for a quarter and a half and almost two quarters. I mean, they hung in there. Uh, Tennessee, you don't, you don't
1: just roll over the Govs, <laughs> man. That's,
3: that's... Um, I don't know if you watched any of that game or saw any highlights. Their helmets were slick. I, I was not a fan. Of the area code on one side with the tri star, I thought if they had just gone with the tri star on both sides of the helmet, it was a really sweet look. Um, no, I had yeah. to
1: check that out. I didn't really, I that, that was one of those games where I was just you know checking in <laughs> online, <and> everyone's <laughs> going,
3: yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Tennessee 30 to 13 win, you know, whatever, get in, get out. Um, Florida gets back in the winner's circle 49 7 over McNeese. Um, pretty methodical game um, from the Gators there. Montreal Johnson ran the football well. Um, I, Tennessee's giving seven here. I don't think the swamp is what it used to be. Um, maybe I'll be wrong, but I, I like Tennessee here. I was high on the Vols going into the year. I know there's a lot of question marks with Joe Milton. He was very, very spotty last week. He was missing guys wide open high, and he was laid on balls. He did not look good, but I just still, David, I just don't think Florida's any good. So I like the balls here to cover.
1: Yeah, I kind of, I, I like it too. I think this game will be more competitive than, say, like a Georgia-South Carolina or something like that, I think this has a chance to be kind of a weird, interesting game. Like you said, especially if Joe Milton is misfiring early and Tennessee struggles to get the offense going. I, Generally speaking, I'm just not sure Florida can score with Tennessee. They, I mean, I, I think Florida wants this to be a, a lower-scoring game. I'm not sure if they mm. can keep it there. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a kind of a, a sneaky good game. But I, I think yeah. Tennessee pulls it out you know 27 18 something like that like you know kind of pulls away a little bit at the end and and I, I don't yeah. know about a comfortable win but I, I think they win and it's not necessarily a last second type thing
3: yeah like you know score's not really indicative of how the game went but they win type game right yeah and, um, and I,
1: you know if, if Florida had showed me much of anything these last two weeks i sorry beating McNeese doesn't really do it for me you know, if they had showed me any I, – I, I think it would be because Tennessee does look a little more vulnerable than they have before.
3: Sure. Um, at
1: least – so, I I part of me wants to try to pick Florida, but I, I just don't – I just don't see it. So, I I, I think, yeah. at least right now, Tennessee is, is, yeah. is the favorite far and away.
3: The other one that I'm paying attention to on Saturday, in the morning slot next to LSU Mississippi State on SEC Network, Number fifteen, Kansas State going to Missouri. Who, buddy? I think that this one could get squirrely for Missouri early. I like the Wildcats here. They're giving five. I think that that is free money if you're looking at betting on this game. Missouri, Middle Tennessee, David had the football with a chance to win I know. that game. That's a.
1: It's only five. That does feel like free money. I mean, this is, like.
3: Is this not well, like a Vegas super, trick?
1: Right. I mean, Missouri wasn't super great against South Dakota either. I watched – you know, I was yeah. checking in a little on that game. Missouri has not, you know, excited me in the least so far this year. That could obviously change, but – that and, and I'm not going to pretend to be a huge, like, you know, Kansas State – my knowledge of Kansas State is, is low, but I – there is nothing that Missouri has shown me to show that they can – hang with the number 15 team in the country so if kansas state is truly anywhere near the number 15 team in the country i think they roll. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah i mean look kansas state dismantled troy last week and that's a good troy program yeah and, um, and
1: troy like can play football <laughs> i mean it's not yeah you know john summerall's yeah, a mean, good head coach amazing right he's a good head coach and and like that old miss game last year you know they can hang with the big boys and kansas state took it to them i saw that score too because i was impressed and so yeah i mean i you know far far be it for me to offer gambling advice but that does seem like some some free benjamins right there
3: yeah will howard um experienced guy under center uh Kleiman's done a fantastic job with that program they are back to he
1: really has that was a really good sneaky yeah. Kansas state higher. You know I, I, mean? I was like, just, a, I, I was
3: just about to say, he feels like a perfect Kansas state coach,
1: right? He's not a great coach to hire everywhere, but he is a good coach to hire at Kansas state. And that was a, that was a very shrewd. That is a, a great example of knowing what you are and maximizing what you are and, and making and, and picking coaches and, and keeping a culture that fits that.
3: Yeah, I'm putting a pin in this one for our our show on Thursday um, when we pick games because if it's still at five, I mean, come on, I I don't believe in Missouri one bit. I they're at least throwing it to Luther Burden, so there's a weapon there. But I if you're if, if you're K State, Brady Cook doesn't scare you whatsoever.
1: No, no, there's there's just nothing. I just haven't seen anything with Missouri that scares me just generally and that's not you know this isn't like you know David Brandt bashing hour of Missouri like I, they've been <laughs> they've been I'm just saying like five points I I don't I don't get it so yeah maybe 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 Vegas knows something we don't
3: looking ahead to the rest of the slate for week three we will get to that on the other side of the break but before we head there I do want to remind you hey if you CK State on Saturday and you really like what you've seen from the wildcats. Maybe you want to go over to home field apparel and get you a couple K state shirts. You can also get you some Ole Miss stuff while you're there. Homefieldapparel.com. When you do use promo code TOC 23, your first purchase, you get 15% off. They've got the Ole Miss collection. Mine is uh, finally on its way. They got slammed with orders. And so they are trying to get all of those Ole Miss orders out as quickly as possible. Uh, excited to see mine, the tab Pad shirt. Um, we've got the, uh, the throwback basketball font shirt. And uh, the flood shirt was a big hit. So um, if you want K-State, if you want Missouri, if you want to get Ole Miss, maybe you want to go on there and uh, get crazy. Maybe try to get some, uh, y- you know, some, uh, you know, North Carolina A&T. Maybe you want to get a little Stanford or, you know anything? Actually, I don't think they have Stanford yet, but um, you can get you, you know, something from Fordham. They got it all at Homefield. They got they got a big win this week. Fordham they did. got a
1: D one win this. They beat a <laughs> Buffalo.
3: <laughs> they did. How about that? Um, so yeah, homefieldapparel.com. dot com. Remember promo code T O C twenty three for fifteen percent off your first purchase. Get you that new brand spanking collection of Ole Miss swag. Or uh, games in the Grove, hanging out at home, out on a out on the town. You gotta you gotta flash that home field swag. So, last break here, and then on the other side, we'll get into the rest of the national slate. So, hang tight. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over to see Cody Allen and the crew to take on the challenge of their wide, plush Zoiza Fairways and large championship Bermuda Greens. They have two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up the short game. Book a tea time online at olivebranch.com or give them a call at 662 893 4444. That's Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at BluffCityAdvisory.com.
4: Code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. BXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions podcast network.
3: And we are back here. Final segment, Daytime Fireworks. Zach Berry, David Brandt here with you. All right, David, we did a little whip around the SEC. Let's look around the rest of the country. Um, I'll tell you one that intrigues me right off the bat, uh, looking at the national slate. And just in terms of I want to see what they look like, not saying that this is even going to be remotely close, but I want to see what Alabama looks like on the road at South Florida, which is bizarre to say out loud. Uh, I, I still do you know why Alabama is playing at South Florida? Uh,
1: because the beaches are nice down there. I don't know. They wanted a, a trip or something to Tampa. Uh, yeah. Maybe the maybe. Rays have a big series.
3: <laughs> I don't, maybe recruiting in
1: Tampa. I don't know. Like yeah. I, That, that I is a great that's... question. Now, now that you mentioned it, I'm just like, why are they playing at South Florida?
3: Yeah, I don't but know. Yeah, that's, but...
1: it, it's not often that Alabama at South Florida is a quote-unquote big game, but I do think, at least for Alabama, it's a big game in some ways.
3: Yeah, I mean, you got to – what are they going to look like, a quarterback? I mean, I don't think – last week, Jalen Milroy was not the problem. The problem was Quinn Ewers is on the other side throwing footballs. Um, right. I thought Milroy And Milroy, was... I
1: will say, like – he was fine, and occasionally yeah. he throws a really good-looking ball. I understand why they like him. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. He threw a dime to Jermaine Burton in that game, but yeah, Texas was better. They just beat them. How is Alabama going to respond? We don't ask that question very often, David. I mean, we've we've asked it a couple times. You know, in 2015 after Ole Miss beat them, 2014.
1: I was about they- to say. This reminds me of right after the, the game where the foot was 15 when the ball bounced off out helmet. And, yes. You know, this. Miss. Won. Yeah, it was it was that year. There was a lot of angst for a week or two because I think that Alabama the year before had kind of ended the season with a loss or it just had they had lost a couple games and it, it feels a lot like this moment and there was a lot of you know, the Saban dynasty is dead and the Saban dynasty was not dead. So
3: no, I would,
1: I would, uh, I I would be careful before, you know, disrespecting the tide to that level, but right. um, Yeah. But it is, but it is an important like bounce back game. I, I think, you know, it's, it's kind of gut check time for them.
3: Yeah, I mean, are they going to stick with Milrow? Are they going to let Ty Simpson get some snaps? I, I, I don't think Tyler Buckner is the answer, but maybe they give Simpson a crack at it. But, um, interested to see what they look like. I mean, I think they roll. Um, uh, right now it looks like Alabama's giving thirty-two. <laughs> um, so kind of hard to stick with the Vegas, you know quote Vegas, bounce Vegas back. is
1: still right. Vegas is still respecting the time.
3: Yes, that that is correct. Uh, Vegas will always respect the tide. Um, probably here a couple in the ACC that I want to throw at you for some quick reactions. Minnesota at number twenty, North Carolina at two thirty, ESPN, only seven and a half for 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 North Carolina. That's interesting to me, um, mainly because. P.J. Fleck and the Gophers are never going to be just absolutely terrible. They're going to be just solid and decent and right. give you a game. Um, and Drake May and the Heels, man, they had to overtime to beat App State. I mean, Mac Brown doesn't ever want to see App State on the schedule ever again, right?
1: <laughs> App State is, a you know, kind of a tricky program. But, yeah, that's a, – that's because a, like you said, Minnesota is one of those games that if North Carolina plays well, they should win that game. And they should win it fairly easily. But if they don't play well, then Minnesota's just a really good team at taking advantage of your mistakes and you know hanging around. And so I like North Carolina in that game. But yeah, if they mess around and play bad, then it's going to be rough.
3: Another one in the ACC, Northwestern at Duke. And again, this is a lot like Alabama, South Florida. I'm not looking for Northwestern to put up much of a fight. But I want to see if Duke can continue to act like a top 25 program. Um, They have the big win over Clemson. They dominate. They beat um, Lafayette Lafayette last week, 42-7. So, yeah, I mean, that defense is humming for Elko. But, yeah, 18 and a half, I'd lay the points. I I feel pretty good about that one. Duke is is bona fide. Riley Leonard is is a dude. Um, They've got Jordan Waters running the football. And then Jordan Moore out at wide receiver has had a big year so far. This is like a, like a litmus test game for me. Like it, if Duke can handle business, then Duke is going to be in my, my circle of, uh, of trust as Houston note would say.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I like that too. Cause you just look at their schedule. If they can look at aggressive against Northwestern, then they get UConn the week after that. Then you got a chance with Notre Dame at, yep. at home, you know, Absolutely. And, and Suddenly, and suddenly that's a really fun game, interesting game. And I want to see it. So um, hopefully, Duke takes care of business and looks as good as I think they will the next two weeks, and then we we circle that September 30th date. All
3: right, this wouldn't be a college football podcast, David, if we didn't talk about Deion Sanders and the Buffs, um, Colorado giving 23 to the Rams. Uh, this 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 game hasn't been much of a rivalry. Um, Colorado State's been pretty bad, um, even though Colorado has been bad. They've uh, they've handled business more times than not but Deion sanders is the talk of college football um they went big over nebraska last week a hapless nebraska team i mean the huskers were barely in that game uh jeff sims had a bad day shador sanders continues to just truck along he's almost thrown for a thousand yards in two games um dylan edwards has been a spark for them in the run game um and then a guy, Xavier Weaver. I know all the all the talk is about Travis Hunter, but Xavier Weaver's had a big couple weeks for the Buffs. Um, uh, yeah, I like Colorado big. I believe game day is going to be there. Uh, the big, big noon Fox or big Fox noon kickoff, whatever they call it. I think they might just hitch their wagon to Colorado and just do every game uh, for them <laughs> this year. Just,
1: right, just follow them around in a semi all, all year.
3: Yeah, but it, it's it. an
1: interesting game i find because i'm like you i think Colorado's way better and i think they will handle this game but you talk about a, a look ahead game because after this week they've got oregon and then usc Woo-hoo-hoo. and so you it know it's real at oregon right it gets real really quick and obviously they're riding high right now i think they're just a lot better than colorado state obviously so i think they'll handle that game but you know at some point and i and i've got nothing i've been impressed by colorado i i did yeah. not think they'd be very good and you know nebraska's not very good but the tcu win was really nice and you know there's not much to say right now so we'll we'll see how they do against colorado state i do think that they could kind of fall into a trap and that could be slightly more competitive than it should be um i I'd, I'd be wary of the 32 points right there but it would it, Anyway, I just think that you know coming up, it's about to get real for them with Oregon and USC. So we'll, we'll know soon enough how good Colorado actually is.
3: I think the SC game will be fun because Alex Grinch is still calling defense for the Trojans, and he has not have a good track record so far in L.A. But <laughs> I expect Oregon and Dan Lanning to be fully prepared for primetime. And
1: well, and that game's Shooter at Sanders. Oregon. Yeah, oh yeah, that's, and look, that's
3: gonna be a tough one. Look, it never rains in Austin, but uh that place gets rowdy. Um oh yeah
1: that is one of the few places on the on the west coast that really does have like a raucous like yeah. that's a that's a good home field advantage in Oregon.
3: That's that's on the docket for me. Um I, I think I'm gonna try to get to a game sooner rather than later. Um I, I wanna go check out uh, not only just the, the history of of that university with Oregon and Phil Knight, but yeah, I want to go, I want to go to a game. I want to go see what it's all about because, uh, yeah, on television, it looks great. It's loud. Um, it's one of the few college football programs in my opinion, that like the student section there is pretty elite. They're always there. Uh, I'd put like South Carolina's up there, Utah, um, LSU is always decent with students um but yeah Oregon's one of those where they they show out every game.
1: Yeah, Oregon's just and I mean, you know, you talked about Nike being there obviously and all that stuff. Like they've just done such a phenomenal job of branding over the last 25 30 years. Yeah. that you know, it's just I, I don't know if I I mean obviously lots of books have been written about Phil Knight Nike, but I I just find it interesting how that's kind of bled into Oregon and and kind of raised that program's profile so much
3: all right week three not quite the uh, star power that week two had but nevertheless we are here we talked about it Ole Miss Georgia Tech in Oxford I believe that is a 630 kick on SEC Network it will be uh look I hey shout out to uh to ESPN and, and Disney for squashing their beef with all the cable providers so everybody can see it now. Um, that was, you know, very, very mature of them, right? <laughs> I'm sure it was all for the fans. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It had nothing to do with money. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it'll be on SEC network. Get that one. We will have full coverage leading up to that at omspirit.com an affiliate of on three, check it out. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and uh, head on over to YouTube and subscribe to the YouTube page as well. OM Spirit is the channel on YouTube Go over there. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, you know, smash the like button, all that stuff. Um, We'll have more podcasts this week. And like I said, more coverage leading up to Ole Miss hosting Georgia tech David, as always, it was a pleasure, my friend.
1: As always, man, let's do it again next week.
3: Absolutely. That'll do it for daytime fireworks. Thank you to the listener and thank you to the sponsors that make it possible. Till next week, we out.